Hello, my friends. It's your buddy Phil, Project Management Training Coach. I hope you're doing well. It's been a while. I have been on the road on travel to train, and I am back. And it's a pleasure to be speaking with you. I know lots of you are, of course, working on your PMP certification, and you are finding it hard. And there's a reason why you're finding it hard. In fact, I should say there are reasons why you're finding it hard. The first reason is you don't have a solid idea of the lay of the land. It's like you're going to battle and you don't know the lay of the land that you're going into. You've not studied the terrain or the flying monkeys are going to jump out and attack and you're not going to know where to defend yourself, where to be extra careful and how. That's how the journey for PMP is. Some people don't have a solid understanding of the exam. So I am going to handle that right away before we move to the next problem. The PMP exam is not founded on a PMBOK guide. It is very important for you to know this. It is not based on the PMBOK 6 or the PMBOK 7. It is based on a different body of understanding and this is found in the PMP exam content outline. This content outline can be found on PMI's website and it is broken down into 35 discrete tasks. Very specific things that you need to be able to do as a project manager whether you are taking the knowledge from a PMI publication or some other book, the fact remains that it is those tasks that the exam points to. And that's why people find it difficult to really understand the spectrum of the exam because they are focusing on PMBOK guides and other things as opposed to just the content outline and that's the whole idea behind the 40 days to PMP exam success which is based on my book you can find it on Amazon PMP exam immersion my buddy Roy and I we put this book together for a reason it's to help people understand all that the exam present to you going through the 35 tasks whether you attack the information by knowledge area process group agile hybrid predictive makes no difference the way the information is presented is to help you take down the concepts one by one for example the PMP exam content outline is broken down into the same categories that the exam result is people, process, and business. And that is really how you need to be firming up your studying. That is also how you need to be seeing the big old 40,000 foot view of this exam. And this is why a lot of people unfortunately feel I'm not ready, I'm not ready. I'm confused, I don't know what I'm doing. Yep, that's the reason. It's because they are not focusing 
on the blueprint on which the exam is based. So focus on the blueprint. That's all I'll say. Focus on the blueprint. Okay. Go on down to Google and just do a search for PMP exam content outline. And you're going to find it. You're going to find the PMP exam content outline from PMI. It's free. It used to be $39.99 back in the early 2000s, but now it's totally free. So take advantage of it, download it, read it, and then to get a very solid understanding, sign up for my free podcast. It's called 40 Days to PMP Exam Success. I also call it PMP Exam Success in 40 Days. Okay, go on down to Spotify or Apple and search for it. PMP Exam in 40 Days or PMP Exam Success in 40 Days. You'll find it. Better still, go to study.pmradio.org and you can find it on Spotify and Apple in this way. Uh, uh, Study.pmradio.org, that's Apple. And then 40days.pmradio.org, that's Spotify. And it's on all the other platforms like Amazon and Audible and the rest. You just got to search for it and then you'll find it. Definitely on Amazon, on iHeartRadio and check on Podcast Addict and all those other platforms, okay? If you follow me day by day by day by day, this stuff will make a lot more sense to you. And then you understand the spectrum of the exam, what the whole thing is about from a people angle, from a process angle, and from a business angle. Because there's no point starting a journey if you don't understand where you're going, if you don't understand the full spectrum of the journey, okay? So that's reason number one. People don't have a clear direction as far as the exam is concerned. It seems so mammoth that they don't even know where it begins and ends. But with the content outline, you will know where the exam begins and ends. So, my friends, the second reason why the exam seems so mammoth and intimidating to some folks is a couple of areas. And the areas are as follows. The process domain and the business domain. Because these areas are significantly complex sounding or large, there's a tendency to feel overwhelmed by them. But let's break them down, my friends. Let's break down the process area. The process area does have a lot of minutia in it. But the honest truth is a lot of that minutia is not tested on the exam. It just isn't. If you are focusing on the Pemba Guide 6th edition breakdown that decomposes project management into 10 knowledge areas, 5 process groups, and 49 processes, 
the honest truth is you could feel overwhelmed because each of those 49 processes, when you decompose further, goes into a multiplier of anywhere from 5 to 20, if you will, sub-items known as ITTOs. What do I mean? Well, assuming you have developed project charter, developed project charter has got inputs. You can recognize at least a good five unique inputs, tools, techniques, and outputs. And I'll just mention some, and you count on your fingers how many things I'm talking about. One business case, two, benefits management plan, three, agreements, four, expert judgment, five, project charter, six, assumption log. These are extras extra definitions on top of one process another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're just getting started because Develop Project Charter is pretty skinny. If you break each process into its unique inputs, its unique tools and techniques and outputs, you are going to get over 500 potential definitions, my friend. Think about that. 500 definitions. The exam is not going to test you on those 500 definitions. Not in the least bit. It just isn't. The exam is going to give you some rather large overarching themes. For example, there's going to be the theme of change. There's going to be the theme of issues. There's going to be the theme of risks. There's going to be a theme of impediment removal. And it could be pretty repetitive on the grander scheme, but you're certainly not going to have 500 questions. It's only 180. So that tells you that some of the definitions, a lot of the definitions are going to be redundant. See? So the way to think about this exam is to have a good idea of the five process groups, the 10 knowledge areas, the 49 processes. I talk about them all the time. The 49 processes are pretty straightforward to, to grasp. So that's not a major problem. And then under each process, you have the mechanics of the project management that's occurring. You do need to understand the mechanics. What do I mean by metrics? I'm talking about 
By mechanics, I'm talking about the things that you do that are of a physical nature, that are of a scientific nature, like gathering data, analyzing data, of a physical nature by inspiring the team, speaking with the team, those kind of face-to-face interactions. And then we have other things that we do, which is like doing the actual work itself. But that's not the project management, that is the doing of the work. So your role as a project manager is not the doing. So that's not tested on the exam. So you need to wrap your mind around these things. And the more you think of the exam like this, the better it's going to be. The less intimidating it's going to be because you would have boiled it down to its essence. What is the process? Develop project charter. What am I doing here? I am working with the project sponsor to develop the charter or the project sponsor told me to develop a charter that she or he is going to sign. And when I'm done developing the project charter and it's signed, I could begin collecting my assumptions about the project and the constraints. And that's it. That is it at at its essence. Now you understand the mechanics, what you're doing as the project manager, what the sponsor's doing as far as sign off, and then you move on to the next discussion, okay? What is Identify Stakeholders all about? It's all about me, the project manager, identifying who could be affected by the project, who could affect the project, documenting details about these folks, and getting to better understand them so I know how best I can serve them. That's it in a nutshell. And that's how you need to approach all the 49 processes And in that way, it does not become so laborious or intimidating because you know there are 49 processes from a predictive standpoint. I need to know them. That's one piece. The second piece is, okay, in addition to the predictive, there are several agile practices. And I need to know the various practices which are well documented in the scrum guide the agile practice guide and other documentation and by practices i'm talking about what you do in an iteration in agile some of the things that you do are you plan the iteration we call it sprint planning you might have backlog refinement in the middle of the sprint you have the sprint itself you have the daily stand-up meeting or the daily scrum. You have the demo or the sprint review. You have the retrospective. You could have other events like story writing workshops and so on. You could have a product roadmap being put together. You could have story mapping and things like that. And when you understand the gamut of possibilities from agile practices and the 49 processes on the side of predictive, that is enough. Your concern needs to be from here, 
how to tackle questions on the exam. You're a project manager. This happened, that happened. What should you do next? You need to get used to seeing so many what should you do next questions that you're so confident about yourself going into the exam. See what I'm saying? The problem is a lot of folks, they haven't seen enough what should the project manager do next scenario. So they are limited in their scope of understanding. You need to see something happened from a scope perspective. What should the PM do next? The project scope increase. What should the PM do next? Or the project scope has been requested uh, for change. A change has been requested in the project scope by a stakeholder. What should you do next? Should you just do it? Should you check out the impact? Of course, always look for the impact. But again, there are other things that you might do. So you got to know the full spectrum. You know, someone has requested a schedule elongation. What should you do next? The cost has you've gone over budget. What should you do next? Quality is being compromised or has been compromised by a team member. What should you do next? Resources that you were promised were not made available. And now you have a resource shortage. What should you do next? The communication plan isn't working. What should you do next? Now there is an event that occurred out of left field that you never saw coming. What should you do next? You get in the idea, all of this, what should you do next? What should you do next? You're going to get that from a risk perspective, from a procurement perspective, a vendor didn't deliver. What should you do next? From a stakeholder perspective, stakeholders acting weird all of a sudden. They're not engaged. They're being violent. They're being aggressive. What should you do next? And if you're able to rationalize, oh, what should PM do next? What should PM do next? And you're able to take those down, you are on your way to killing the exam in a good way, acing the test. Okay, so with the process piece, that concern is taken away. With the business piece, yeah, you need to get good with the business piece. And I have to be honest, the only way I know that you can cover every single base is by taking a look at a book that was written for that purpose. And when I wrote the PMP exam immersion book with my buddy Roy, we put our heart and soul into the business chapter. Everything you need to know from a business perspective, the business mindset, business case, uh, benefits management plan, the benefits register, from an agile perspective, from a predictive perspective, all these terminologies, it's all there in the PMP exam immersion book. And you can find that on Amazon. And to be quite honest, that book is not just a book for PMP. That's a book for PM life. That book will take you all the way. The stories in that book, the pragmatism in that book, it stands the test of time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because it's not based on any one PMBOK guide. It is based on an agnostic view to project management, predictive, agile, hybrid 
and then we go into details to help you better understand the business area. So if the business area tasks are making you feel uncomfortable, I would highly recommend that book, my friends. So as far as business is concerned, to get it down pat, my friends, that's what I would recommend. But I will also give you some alternatives. The alternative, as opposed to getting our book, is to read far and wide across many different books. But still, you wouldn't get the full picture as we present it. You'll have to kind of piece that together. So the books are a pen book guide, sixth edition, page seven, page 30 to 33. And also the Agile Practice Guide, page 14, with a Stacy model to better understand how the world of business spans across, be it Agile, Predictive, Hybrid, those ideas. Understanding what flexible contracts are about on pages 77 to 78 of the Agile Practice Guide. Understanding the real essence of benefit. What is a benefit? Understanding the concept of boundary spanning, which is one individual or several in an organization being responsible for scanning what is happening in the marketplace and bringing an understanding of that back in to the firm to better fine tune the projects one is working on, to be able to cut out the crud and just focus on the most important projects that are relevant to what is happening in the marketplace by way of market demand and so on. In addition to this, I would also advise reading Pembox 7, the chapters before the principles, so that's chapter 1, 2, and the details about the product lifecycle. I think that will give you a good understanding of the world of business. I would also recommend just searching your electronic copy for mentions of governance and compliance and things like that. And those words, governance, compliance, marketplace, benefits, value, when you put all of this information together, you begin to get close to the picture that we paint in our book PMP immersion for the business area. The business area is the reason why it's all disjointed and peculiar is none of the PMBOK guides was written for that purpose. It's not written like a business document. It's not written to give you an idea of the business elements and to help you a little bit more. I'm going to set the pace for you because I know it's an area people struggle with. I'm going to set the pace by reading the beginning of our PMP Immersion book to help you understand this business area at a very high level. All right, so I'm opening up my copy of the book. And this is around page. 453, that's where it starts. So, I'm 
gonna read it. The question, introduction to business environment. The question is often, why do we need to think about the business environment as project managers? The answer is because it maps directly back to the concept of strategy, one of the most important concepts in management. Strategy is a concept that could be hard to define. When we talk about strategic impact or strategy, what exactly do we mean? In the simplest conception of strategy, Colin White defined this as a unifying idea which links purpose and action. He goes further to say, strategy in any course of action for achieving an organization's purpose. Strategy is any course of action for achieving an organization's purpose. In the words of Alfred Chandler, the first modern business strategy theorist, strategy in the area of business is defined as the determination of the basic long-term goals and objectives of an enterprise and the adaptation of courses of action and the allocation of resources necessary for those goals. So, when you think about it, strategy combines the articulation of human goals and the organization of human activity to achieve those goals. The setting of goals involves the identification of opportunity. And when we talk about strategy in the wider sense, it is translating perceived opportunity into a successful outcome. How? By means of a purposive action sustained over a significant period. The first topic to discuss in this domain, the business domain, is compliance. So why do we care about compliance? Because not being in compliance derails us from our strategic business objectives. It's a threat to the project manager, to the team, project, business, and even sometimes the entire company. And that is why project compliance is so important, and that is why it has been named as task one in the business environment. Now, beyond the business environment, when it comes to compliance in the business environment, there are other topics that will anchor back in here, and that will take us to task two. Investigate the benefits are identified. The project charter is that document that clearly defines what the purpose of the project is. It establishes the project is indeed authorized. While we are working on this project, who is authorized to work on it? What is the high-level scope of the project? What are the high-level risks? What is the summary milestone schedule and so on? The other two tasks in the business domain are very strategic and overarching guidelines of a solid strategy portfolio, program, and project management. Through the business domain, though it seems minuscule being just 8% of the exam, it could be viewed as very substantial if someone is hanging in the balance score-wise. You know, what I mean is if it becomes the deciding factor, it becomes very important for you to get that 8%. So we're going to take it very seriously and examine all the details. And then we go into the chapters. So page 457, we go into plan and manage project compliance. We break it down. I give you examples of compliance like OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Regulatory compliance like SOX compliance, compliance such as PCI compliance for credit cards and stuff like that. I actually give you a couple of examples of compliance and my buddy Roy comes with a different idea, flips it on its head and says, when would you not be in compliance deliberately? And we talk about that perspective there. And then we go on to the next chapter and the next. So it's a great read. Again, it's PMP exam immersion. I know a lot of you have been benefiting from the podcast, but you can even help me further by picking up a copy of the book and help yourself as well. Because picking up a copy of the book is going to give you a very vivid idea of every single thing that you need for this exam. It's a very large book. It's 600 plus pages. But this book is pure gold to a project manager who means business. It gives you the lay of the land across people, process, and business. Okay? So that is the next point that I wanted to make, my friend. I know this was very long, but a lot of people, they are not familiar enough with process and they don't even know where to start with process and then business. But if you follow these guidelines that I'm sharing with you, you'll be a lot more confident. You'll be a lot more purposeful in attacking the content, my friend. Okay, so there you have it. You've got a clearer picture of the full spectrum of the PMP. It will become less intimidating. You've got a better, clearer idea of the, the process domain and the business domain it will seem much better and here's the last one the reason why the exam seems foreboding and difficult and weird to many is people don't make it a lifestyle you don't make it a lifestyle you don't think about it every day multiple times a day it's got to become an obsession And then you can do away with it. You don't have to think about it for the rest of your life. But for the next few months, think about it every day so you can get it over and done with. It becomes a habit. It becomes something that drives your day. Because you know you need to get this monkey off your back. So plan, how am I going to get this monkey off? Consistency. When your consistency compounds, you get to the point where you know the story backwards and forwards. The what should the PM do next is no longer a thing that invokes fear. It's something of, yeah, no big deal. I know all the spectrum of what a PM could do from an agile perspective, from a hybrid perspective, from a traditional perspective. That's the level I need you to be at, to make it a lifestyle.
so that when you're in a meeting at work, you're thinking, which knowledge area is this? Oh, it's communications. Or you're discussing with your stakeholder and you're like, yeah, this is stakeholder engagement. Or you're with the team writing code. Well, this is direct and manage project work. Or you're with the team in a lessons learned session. Oh, this is managed project knowledge. Or you're creating that dreaded report that you hate to put together every week. Or maybe you love to put that thing together. Well, you are in monitor and control project work. Or there's another change from a client. That's perform integrated change control. Or you're in a meeting, encouraging the team, pumping them up. That's develop team. Right? Coaching. Mentoring. You could also say it may also be giving them feedback, which is manage team. You're assigning resources such as a server, cables, consumables to a project. Well, that's acquire resources. So my friend, wherever you are, make it a lifestyle. Just ask yourself, what am I doing? Oh, we're in a backlog refinement session. That's the end of that one. I'm in a daily scrum. I'm in a stand-up meeting. I'm walking the board. I'm in the stand-up meeting. I'm working on some quality issues. Well, this is a daily life of a PM or the daily life of a scrum master to remove impediments, obstacles, and blockers. You see what I'm saying? This is the mindset, my friends. Make it a daily thing, a lifestyle, a mindset. What am I doing? You're driving down the freeway. There's a loony behind you and you move out of the way because they're flashing their lights and blaring the horn and acting weird. So you move out of the way. You just did implement risk responses. You mitigated the risk of some crazy road rage incident. This is how you need to be thinking about this stuff, my friends. Organically, daily, as a lifestyle. And it gets to the point you're in the exam and everything is like clockwork. It is not foreboding. It is not unknown. It is not esoteric. It's not, I don't know what to expect. Help. It's none of that. It's, I got it. And like my recent PMP bosses, some of them go in there. One of them even missed his break, but that didn't stop him. Another one of them went in and was done in two plus hours. Because what seemed to be scary in the beginning became so familiar. That she was on clockwork. And you've heard her lessons learned on this channel. You've heard what Lawan had to say. So, my friends, I encourage you, get the general overview down, know where you're going, know what this exam is all about. Be confident about the process domain and the business domain. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. 
That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Pick up my book, PMP Exam Immersion on Amazon. Or go to our website to pick it up right now, a PDF copy. Go to P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. And when you download the copy, then any goofy Kindle restrictions, you can download that PDF and you can have Edge read the PDF back to you. All you do is open it in your browser and hit read aloud. And it will read the entire book to you day after day. And that's why I recommend that you grab the electronic version again. If you go to praiseon.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom of that first page, and you'll see the red and yellow book there, PMP Exam Immersion. Or if the physical copy is your thing, you can find it on Amazon. All right, don't forget to smash that like button for me, my friends. If what I've said makes sense, if it resonates, if it's helped you, I need you to hit the like button let people hear and know about the podcast so they too can receive some help. It also helps me because the algorithm needs your activity to show that this is relevant to PMP students. All right. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Don't forget if you are looking for a really awesome PMP training program, you can find my course right now on Udemy. Just go on down to udemy.com forward slash elite pmp that's udemy.com forward slash elite pmp you can take that course if you are already a pmp and you're looking for a different course well take my ai course i train you on how to use ai i make it pragmatic i'm not giving you the big old theories and the bayesian equation and stuff i'm just going straight into this is how to use ai Go on down to udemy.com forward slash chat GPTS, all one word. Okay. I hope this adds some value to you and helps you to move forward in your PMP journey. When you get certified, I have another podcast that you could be on. It's there on Apple. It's called the Project Leadership Institute podcast. But that's for later. Let's focus on getting your PMP now. And you'll be laughing all the way to the bank. All the very best, my friends. Let me know how you're doing. Be aware that here on Spotify, those of you listening on Spotify, there's a button where you could send in questions, where you can send in some comments and ideas if you have any, or if you're stuck. Don't stay stuck. I'll help you get unstuck. It's your buddy Phil signing off.